Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family i swear i talk more in the episodes hello there i'm colleen and i'm anders we're a couple of nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories so of course we love star wars and if there's one thing the internet will just never have enough of it's nerds talking about star wars so every episode we journey to a galaxy far far away to discuss what's new in the star wars canon and beyond this is yet another star wars podcast Woo, woo, we're back 2023 yeah this this year is turning out great it's like 27 degrees in minnesota and it's freaking freezing <laughs> it's about 40 degrees in connecticut we're, we're uh, going strong that shorts weather I know, all right, right? <laughs> so today we're very excited to share our initial reactions and theories for the season two premiere episodes of the bad batch yes. not only are we back the boys are back too all right, so these episodes were written by Dave Filoni, of course, and Jennifer Corbett. This is our official spoiler warning for these episodes and all things Star Wars. So if you're ready, grab a drink from SIDS and fire up the Wrecker Cannon as we discuss the Bad Batch Season 2 episodes, Spoils of War and Ruins of War. Let's punch it, Anders, with our episode recap. All right, so we start off, the Bad Batch is finishing up a job, stealing from what I can only think of is the Water Tribes of Pandora. Shouts to Avatar, Way of Water. It's worth seeing, guys. I, I just don't know what to tell you. There's a lot of discourse around that movie. It's visually worth seeing. It is Go quite it. <laughs> So was that beach. Yes. Anyway, they're getting chased by giant crabs, though. Some yeah. major Zoidberg people going on. <laughs> While just get this... them to mate, then they'll all die. but during this uh tech is tutoring omega on various imperial ships love that she's uh committed to her studies is she (laughs) i mean the knowledge comes back later that is true she does do it (laughs) she just doesn't like to (laughs) she's absolutely she's uh she's rhaenyra in house of the dragon no i do actually already know this yeah exactly she just rattle it off exactly Anyway, they get back to Sid's, and the group beeps the pirate Fee. Wouldn't this have just been a great time for Hondo to show up and demand he is the most trustworthy pirate in the galaxy? Yeah, really for real. But <laughs> <laughs> really, just love me some Wanda Sykes. But uh, Hondo, I'm just yeah. waiting for him to show up. Sid must not know Hondo, otherwise she would never have said that Fee is the most <laughs> trustworthy pirate she knows. <laughs> anyway, Fee has a new job for them. To raid Dooku's old castle on Sereno and his vast war chest before the Empire gets to it and cleans it out. Mm-hmm. With that much loot, they'd have enough money to completely disappear. Hunter doesn't really want to do the job. He thinks it's really risky, but the team ultimately outvotes him. And Echo manages to get in a mention that they they don't need to just hide. They should actually be doing more to fight the Empire, which is fair. But also, I, you're on the run, so maybe just stay on the run. Who knows? Everything could Lay be low. fine. Lay low. Yeah, I'm sure 
these guys will be able to lay low and not get into any trouble whatsoever. Season two over. Yay. <laughs> that is not what happens. So after landing on Sereno, the team passes through a destroyed city, having suffered the same bombardment that destroyed Camino. The Empire is loading up the war chest in cargo freighters, and the team splits up with Omega, Tech, and Echo going into the containers to, like, you know, get the loot together. Wrecker goes with them at first, but then he leaves to go, um, like, just drag one of the crates away. Hunter provides them a distraction, but the entire ship takes off with the three of them still inside. Whoops. Oopsies. This was not what they intended. Ultimately, Omega is forced to release the cargo unit from the ship, relying on its re-entry thrusters to stabilize them and hopefully land back on the planet. <laughs> Which Wild they do. Idea. Which they do. They do, except um, it is a crash landing. The container they're in ultimately crashes in the forest. Tech is injured. I was not happy. <laughs> I was really that. worried about him for a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm, same. Hunter and Wrecker managed to escape through the palace, and ultimately, after going through a special escape elevator behind Dooku's throne, uh, they make their way back through the city, being pursued by clone captain Wilco. Omega, Tech, and Echo meet Mr. Romar Adele. He's a Sereno resident and a survivor of the city's destruction. He's very keen to tell you he is, in fact, a survivor. Yes. Mm -hmm. He takes them in. He does some work to heal tech. And he gives Omega a toy, which he has to kind Mm -hmm. of emphasize to her. It's like a kaleidoscope. And he has to kind of, like, reinforce to her the idea that it's a toy. It's just meant to be fun. There's Mm -hmm. no other purpose to this. She's like, shiny treasure. No, it's just Can I break this open? (laughs) Can I get the jewel inside? Yeah. Someone in return, Tech helps him repair an artifact that has Sereno's history kind of loaded onto it. And he has to point out to Tech that, in fact, it is Sereno's history, not Separatist's history. The Sereno was there long before the Separatist cause and will continue to be there long after. This is all forgotten. Hopefully. (laughs) I mean, if that city's any indication, maybe not. Yeah. But... While they're working and distracted, Omega manages to sneak off because she's desperate to recover the treasure from the Mm -hmm. war chest. She wants to earn her place on this team after she overheard Echo talking earlier about how they kind of risked and lost everything to save her. Echo pursues her. Uh, They're ultimately attacked by troopers. Thankfully, Tech and Romar also catch up and manage to help. Meanwhile, Wrecker and Hunter, along with (laughs) Wrecker's new tank, cannon <laughs> that he just picks up off of a tank that happens to be on the side too of the road good. too good <laughs> they make it back to the marauder and pick up the team while they're all saying their goodbyes romar gives omega the toy once again while they're escaping echo and omega do get a nice little reconciliation moment where echo reinforces to her that yes they did in fact risk and lose everything but it was the right thing to do and he would do it all over again it was so sweet i was here for this moment i love it keep going with this relationship so this last part like holy shit this is a kid's show no it's not really folks this (laughs) this is like clone wars at the end Captain Wilco is giving his report to Vice Admiral Rampart, who we met last season. That fucker. Ugh, hate him so much. Who tells the soldier to remove all references to the Bad Batch from his official report, as he himself has told Imperial Command that they were all 
dead, that they died on Camino. Wilco, of course, being a loyal clone who follows the rules, says that he will not falsify an official report. So Rampart shoots him and he's dead. <laughs> For real. Rampart's shot like, well, I will, I'll do it. Yeah, he gets shot in the face. He is dead. And now Rampart knows that the Bad Batch are, in fact, alive. Dun, dun, dun. Drop. <laughs> Man, all right, Colleen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been over a year, I think, since we've had yeah. the Bad Batch. So, what were your initial reactions when you saw these episodes? I was just so excited that we're back with our favorite fugitives. This season looks fantastic from the trailers that we've seen. I'm mainly excited because Cody will be showing up. <laughs> I love Commander Cody. Um, I had to remind myself when I started watching the episode, that these are not stormtroopers. The clones are still in use. So they're not this bumbling group of people who can't hit anything. And their commander is actually competent. It's like, oh shit. Like this could actually go very wrong for the Bad Batch. Luckily though, our boys and girl aren't normal either. I did love seeing Omega's dynamic with her clone brothers, especially with Echo. I hope we get more of that this season because he didn't get very much screen time. In season one which made me sad because i really like echo and the possibilities for his character i'm glad also, he's the one that's pushing to help people yeah it's also really interesting because when we were initially introduced to the bad batch in clone wars echo was kind of our entry point right exactly it was all about rescuing him and him finding his place among them mm-hmm. and now i think he's going to fight for what he thinks is the correct course of action and I don't know how much the others are going to be behind him at first. I think Omega might be the one to be like, yes, we should help people instead of just hiding. Because she'll bring Wrecker along. Yeah, she'll bring Wrecker (laughs) and then Tech will be like, none of this is very logical. But I guess since everybody else is doing it, this will be fine. And then she'll have to get Dad Hunter behind her. It'll happen eventually. She's very charismatic. (laughs) I'm also interested to see just how far rampart is willing to go to get this program in place and eliminate anyone in his way i have a feeling he's going to leave a body count behind him major like a major lot body of clones count. a lot of clones are going to die um he is definitely not going to like any sort of resistance so i'm very nervous i'm nervous for everyone yay star wars back <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i thought this was just a great way to start us off we just kind of jumped right back into the action right back in with the crew it felt like kind of being back with my friends mm-hmm. um drinking I really... buddies <laughs> yes absolutely drinking buddies um i want to be on that beach maybe without the giant crabs although you never know maybe they're actually sentient and our guys were actually stealing from them so they were just pissed yeah you never mm-hmm. know but mm-hmm. it just looked absolutely gorgeous um, I did like I liked season one a lot more than I think I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize just how much I had liked it until we started seeing these trailers for season two. And I was just like, holy shit, I cannot yeah. wait for this. It's going to be yeah. just so much fun and it's going to be just straight up fun. And I'm just really happy to be back. Starting off with kind of a what could be considered a pretty straightforward heist job but also gives us a lot of insights into the clones, the galaxies at large, all just chef's kiss. I thought this was a really strong start. Themes. 
<laughs> Yay. Yes. We are starting off very strong with themes. Thank you, Dave Filoni. Um, now we're going to talk about a couple of our favorite moments. I love the <laughs> flirting <laughs> with the clones, especially Tech, who has no idea how to act in normal situations. He's just like, yes, my eyes are brown. That's normal for clones. <laughs> And he's like, all right, sweetie, that was a little too difficult for you. So we're just going to like pat you on the cheek and go talk to somebody else. <laughs> just very funny. I loved Tech bonding with Romar. Tech getting more screen time is always excellent. He is so deadpan and so funny. And if you know that standing guy emoji, that is basically Tech. Yes. Like if there's a situation happening, he is standing straight in place. Man emoji. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I also loved Hunter's dad moments where he's terrible with technology. He's like, I don't usually do this. <laughs> this is like Echo and Tech's job. <laughs> it's not my job. <laughs> so funny. And of course, he's with Wrecker, who is not going to know how to handle anything to do with computer. <laughs> no. Yes. So good. I, I love that. I loved siloing off Hunter and Wrecker. You know, mm -hmm. they still got some screen time, but they were very much, they were probably the clones that got the most screen time season one the most yeah. development so giving us time with omega and echo and tech was great i love seeing omega start to grow here you can tell she's actually she is physically grown a little bit yep, she's, she's maturing tall. somewhat she's taller she's a lot more confident in her abilities um even though we didn't see gonky she's probably been doing those bicep curls because she can fire that bow like nobody's business oh gonky <laughs> and she's also using her brain a lot she's using the studies that we see her kind of taking up and yeah i love everything to do with tech he is the clone that i identify with the most because he tends to just take he will take you at your word it's like yes you said x i'm going to assume you meant x right yeah no subtlety like he's <laughs> like drax he is not gonna get your sarcasm <laughs> Right I'll know that head. you're being I'll know that you're being sarcastic, but I'm going to purposely take you at your word to teach yes. you that no, you need to actually say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> what a tech thing to do. <laughs> I work in the tech industry. What can I say? We need That's to fair. be specific with our requirements. That is fair. That's the Ravenclaw <laughs> brain coming out. Hundred percent. All right. Let's move into our next section here. This is um, one of my favorites, the Easter eggs, connections, callbacks, homages. Starting off, let's talk about some of those guest voices. Sophie, as I mentioned earlier, is voiced by the absolutely hilarious Wanda Sykes, and mm -hmm. I love her. She has to be showing up later in the season. Yeah. Like, There's no I way you hire her for half a scene. No, definitely. <laughs> uh, and then Romar is voiced by Hector Elizondo. I love him. I love him. <laughs> Joe from The Princess Diaries. He is the concierge at the hotel in Pretty Woman, as, along with many other roles. I adore him. He's very much a that guy. I mean, in those first couple episodes, I think at least in episode one, I don't know what it goes up to if you count episode two, but there were in, um, in Spoils of War... D. Bradley Baker voiced all mm. but four characters. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> if we had a who won this episode, D. Bradley Baker would probably win every single time. Probably. Just for his incredible voice work. But it's great to see guest stars come on, especially bigger, like 
bigger name guest stars. Not like they got Mark Hamill to do stuff, but just like Wanda Sykes, Star Wars. Heck yeah, let's do this. Hector Elizondo, hell yes. So good. I heard his voice and immediately knew it was him. I mean, I gotta believe um, we saw in the previews for next week, we saw um, Bail Organa, so I have to believe Jimmy Smith was like, yeah, give me a mic, I'll do it. Yep, Jimmy Smith is collecting that check (laughs) and we are happy for him. (laughs) Okay, next we have our episode titles, which are definitely related to each other, Spoils of War and Ruins of War. While the crew is trying to salvage treasure as the Spoils of War, they encounter the devastated city on Sereno, which is the title, Ruins of War. For the Empire, basically, everything is up for the taking. They don't care about the city's inhabitants, only about the war chest that they can take from Dooku's castle. I think it's interesting that they created both the spoils and the ruins of war. Like, this is all Palpatine here. And Dooku. Like, Dooku and Palpatine basically created this crisis on Sereno. Do we think that Dooku would care that his planet was devastated by his old boss? There was a time when he would have. Yes. When he was younger and had less white in his hair, maybe. Or I think eventually if he was still with Palpatine, he would have been like, yeah, that's fine. Just let the Imperial forces loose on my planet. As long as it's not me. I think that Dooku is a lot like Arenda Price from Rebels, from Lothal. Totally would have been like, fine, do what you will with my home planet. So long as like my own loved ones aren't hurt because price would have not want her parents to be hurt and i don't think Dooku yeah i mean she really did everything she did in the name of bringing justice to her family right so it's like ooh, she wouldn't she obviously didn't care that citizens of lothal were hurt yeah and neither did dooku (laughs) next up going back to sids good to know she still has her regulars in the bar, you can spot the Athorian Bolo and the Weequay Catch in their usual seats. Cliff and Norm are still alive and yes. going strong at the bar. Yes, they are. <laughs> I love them so much. So good to see them. <laughs> the droid is back, and we love him. Love him so much. AZI-3 is in Sid's place, meaning he has a new job after coming out. <laughs> like, what? He's serving drinks just like R2 did in Return of the Jedi. It's fine. Uh, Sid also has some interesting items in her office. She has a Mandalorian helmet and a clone pilot helmet and then another clone helmet. Like, is she trying to be Luthen here? Is she starting up her own shop? Could we see Luthen later this season? Is she trading artifacts with him? That would be really interesting if we saw that. (laughs) I would be totally here for it. Yes. Completely and totally here for it. Next up, so we do get another look at Dooku's castle, and we go back into the throne room. This is a location that was featured in several Clone Wars episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The throne room in particular is very imposing. We've got some great scenes in there. uh, Very art deco. With Savage Press. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw something online a couple days ago that um, compared his throne and its kind of architecture to some very Sith looking things vader's castle on mustafar um also he has that escape elevator behind the throne which is similar to the escape hatch he used in the episode dooku captured yeah he was ready dooku was always ready which just floors me that he was so blinded by palpatine that he didn't see his own death coming <laughs> like dooku had escape hatches everywhere he i mean you could say the same thing about plagueis that's true and i think dooku and plagueis are actually kind of similar this Mm -hmm. wealthy upbringing which i'm going to talk about now uh dooku was a rich boy 
total, total rich boy. Um, this is mostly explained in the Clone Wars and the book Dooku Jedi Lost, which is very good. Everyone should read that. Dooku was born into a noble family, basically royalty, but his father kicked him out because he was force sensitive. Basically just tossed him out of the castle and was like, bye, go your own way, you five-year-old force sensitive piece of crap. Not, not cool, Dooku's dad. Dooku did take back the title after killing his own brother, who was exploiting the people of Sereno. More on that later. <laughs> we have a lot to say about that. <laughs> Next up, so when the group splits up, you can hear Hunter refer to the team of Omega Tech and Echo as Havoc 2. This is a reference to the Havoc Marauder, which is the original name of the Bad Batch of Ship from their original kind of unproduced Clone Wars episodes. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love their ship. It's so cool. It's a really cool ship. I want one. This one really tugged at my heartstrings. Omega does get a new toy this episode, but she still has Wrecker's Tuka plush Lula in her room. Oh my god. <laughs> Precious. Protect her at all costs. <laughs> Lula, not not Omega. Well, I mean both of them, but yes, protect <laughs> Lula, please. <laughs> all right. Next... Wrong. No. Next up, so Wrecker uses a separatist tank to get his cannon he just straight up kind of rips it off of the tank yep. <laughs> um while he's doing that you can actually see a b1 rogr battle battle droid and when he kind of is opening the hatch a tactical droid is the one that falls through mm-hmm. very cool more ruins of war spoils of war roger roger oh our poor baby our poor little b1s okay so this was going to be Daniel's because he's our ship fiend. But the ship that Omega is studying in the opening is the same model that chases the team down later. This is the V-Wing. This is also the model that tended to be used by Jedi as their starfighters during the Clone Wars era. Yeah, Obi-Wan and Anakin are both um, virtually flying, flying those at the start of Revenge of the Sith because that yes. looked like a PS2 game. <laughs> Not that to hear more about our thoughts on Revenge of the Sith, see our other pod. <laughs> yes, see our other episodes of that. Uh, and then lastly, these episodes figure, feature some pretty good Indiana Jones kind of homages. So similar how we start Raiders of the Lost Ark in the middle of this tomb raid. Mm-hmm. Um, we start the season smack in the middle slash towards the end of a job. And then when Omega is just desperate to get her hands on this treasure for the team and Echo has to convince her to let it go. Yeah. We get, it's pretty much a shot for shot of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with Sean Connery as Indy's father and Harrison Ford. Indiana. Reaching for the reaching for the grail. Let it go. Oh, so good. And there was no Ilsa in this to uh plummet to her death. No. Omega did not. All right. So next we're gonna head into a couple discussion points that we've been talking about. Uh Anders, do you want to start us out? Yeah, let's start off with our guy Echo. So it's really good to note here that Echo wants to fight back. He's not content to just run and hide. And I think eventually the rest of the Bad Batch is definitely going to also be in that situation. But Echo's a little bit different because Echo started off as a reg. He was a normal clone. He's not modified like the others. And he is... His modifications come from result of his capture. So he was a prisoner of war. Yeah. 
And that's why. So he kind of has a little bit more of a drive to fight back against this kind of oppression, which is what he initially was bred to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love this development for Echo just because he is the odd man out. People might think that Omega is because she's a girl and also much, she's older than them technically, but seems like she's much older, but younger, older, but younger. But Echo is actually the one who is the outsider who came into this group and was accepted by them because he became different, was forced to become different. And I really hope that they go into his trauma a little bit about what happened to him during the Clone Wars, just to be like, okay, this is where Echo is coming from. This is why he wants to help people so that they don't turn out like him, basically, so that they don't get hurt. And oh, it's just, there's just so much, so much that is going to be happening in this season with like the clones and the guilt they feel. And I think Echo is going to be the linchpin in this scenario. And I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah. And on actually a similar note to that, Echo and Omega's relationship was really interesting to see develop here because Omega also is kind of the odd one out with this crew. So they have that shared outsider's perspective, which is why it was really, really great to see Echo be the one to tell Omega, no, I would do it all again. This is where you, in fact, belong. Yes. I loved that. That was so good. Yeah. And then, of course... I have to talk about this. The, the Bad Batch are very similar to the Fugitive Stormtroopers in Timothy Zahn's books, Allegiance and Choices of One. They're stormtroopers who are basically fed up with the Empire's bullshit. And they have to decide whether they should stay in hiding or help people in the galaxy. I think this is the direction that Filoni wants the Bad Batch to go in. To have see that. these guys go out and help people, especially in the Outer Rim, which is where the guys from Allegiance eventually started operating. I can totally see them being this kind of desperado group that comes in and helps people. Magnificent Seven style. I want it. (laughs) Give it to us. Give it to us. (laughs) Uh, I'd go with that. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have have this little conversation between Romar and Tech where he mentions that Romar mentions that we were here before the Separatists, and Tech was like, I had never actually considered that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this gives us some of the absolute... It's very reminiscent of some of the juiciest Clone Wars content, which is humanizing and empathizing with the Separatists. Yes. Like when we got to see their whole assembly together, and we got to see the humans mm-hmm. on the ground who were just like we were getting fucked by the Republic. So we said, is there a better way? Yep. And Dooku drew them in. And Dooku absolutely drew them in. Um, It also gives us a lot of great insights into tech and the other clones' minds. I mean, they were literally born and bred to fight Separatists, so why would they ever consider anything before that? Mm -hmm. It also gives us just a really good chance to, again, show tech having some character growth something he all of the bad batch kind of run the risk of this because they are very much archetypes Mm -hmm. each one so you kind of want them to stay a little bit stagnant but it is nice to see them having some growth yeah we it's good to know that it's possible for them because obviously they've been able to either take out their chips or evade the effects of their chips and they're not 
just like every other clone. And I love that. Individuality. Yay. Something the Empire really wants to get rid of. <laughs> um, we talked about this a little bit before uh, Sid knows her time is limited. It's really worth noting how Sid seems fully aware that she will not operate how she has been forever. This is not an unlimited time that she has. A lot of criminal characters don't necessarily think about the future, but she is planning. She has plots and schemes, and I really want to know what they are. Um, she sees how the Empire is operating. She uh, knows how they will come for Ord Mantell eventually. It's a big enough planet. It has enough going on that the Empire will become more interested in it. And she needs to have a nest egg ready. It's like, yep, she yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm always willing for us to introduce Hondo into the story, but I do know that Hondo is not thinking ahead. So Sid provides kind of a good contrast to that. <laughs> yes, Sid is actually like thinking about her business and where it can go in the future. Unlike Hondo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about a little bit of this off mic because the earlier the um the Empire does end end up having kind of a good relationship with a lot of crime syndicates mm -hmm. crimson dawn black sun the huts yep. or at um, least leaves them alone yeah leaves them alone lets them operate but independent contractors like sid are starting to realize that they are not going to be able to operate like this forever no their operation will either be taken over and they'll be ousted or they'll be kept basically as a prisoner in their own shop terrible we want sid protected as well okay this one really got my goat i was real <laughs> mad <laughs> i was furious with dooku so in tales of the jedi from 2022 we found out that dooku was really against corruption in every single way it's one of the main reasons he leaves the jedi order because of the corruption within the senate within the government within the jedi themselves but apparently once he turned to the dark side he was fine stealing not only from the separatists but from his own goddamn people <laughs> what the fuck is going on here he killed his brother for doing the exact same thing for exploiting his people and now he's like i need to amass power and wealth so who best to take from but the ones who are closest to me and this is just awful like what the mm. <laughs> i understand that this is what happens he joined the dark side. He didn't think there was any other way out. He needed to keep the war going. He needed to listen to Palpatine. And so his people suffered for it. Another great theme underlying Star Wars is government corruption and the corruption of those in power, even if they start out wanting to do good. Just, mm. Dooku is a very layered and complex character, which I appreciate, but I was still mad. <laughs> still real mad. Absolutely. It was great mm -hmm. to see, to have these two releases so close to each other. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And lastly, let's talk a little bit about Rampart. And he thinks that the Bad Batch died on Kamino. So apparently Crosshair lied for them. Do we know what, will we find out what Crosshair's story was? Is he just going to apparently have been like, eh, they died. I don't know what to tell you. I managed to escape through these tunnels and mm -hmm. they they're didn't. gone. <laughs> I don't know. I personally like this detail a lot that we find out that Rampart thinks that they died because now he has this kind of cover up bit that he has to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, and it all that kind of gives us a nice convenient excuse as to why the Bad Batch aren't necessarily a part of the larger Star Wars narrative. It silos this off a little bit because if Rampart is trying to keep it hidden. 
Yep. Then Tarkin yep. has no reason to be concerned about them and isn't constantly being like, why are these rogue clones out there doing this? Exactly. And I, I mean, it is only five of them, so they might not be as big of a problem. Yeah. And it also gives Rampart just another kind of dimension to him mm-hmm. as a straight-up villain because he's trying to save his own neck. Exactly. Exactly. They're always trying to save themselves. Okay. I think we're ready to head into our final section, which is our questions and predictions. From the trailer, we know that Cody is coming. I'm very excited about this. I can't wait to see what him and Crosshair are getting up to because it seems like they share some scenes together. Like, is Cody starting to feel guilty about what the clones did to the Jedi? He does have this moment in the trailer where he says, some of us are starting to question what we did. And I think that Cody feels this a lot because of his close relationship with Obi-Wan. And he was, he just turned on a dime and was like, yeah, kill, kill him on Palpatine's orders. It's so frustrating. (laughs) I mean, in the novel, he does have this moment of like, I could have, you couldn't have given me this order before I gave him the lightsaber back. Right. Yes. He has like a little moment where he is thinking about Obi-Wan and knows his skill set and how dangerous he can be. I've just, I've been waiting to hear from Cody about Order 66 since Revenge of the Sith came out. Like, I watched that movie and was like, Cody, he's got a name. One of the clones has a name. So I, like, imprinted on him like a baby duck. And I've just been waiting forever for Cody to have some existential crisis about Order 66. What him and the other clones did. I want to see it. Um, I'm also curious what Rex is up to. What mission is he going to have the Bad Batch attempt? Will we finally see Wolf? We already have Gregor, so now we need Wolf to kind of get I in. I love Gregor. I love Gregor so much. But we need Wolf to round out their little group that is in Rebels. So I'm curious if we'll see him. Also, finally, protect Gunji at all costs. <laughs> the baby Wookiee Jedi needs to be saved. I do not care how. He just needs to be saved. <laughs> be good uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi crossover. It turns out that he makes it there. He makes mm-hmm. it to the path. Gives up his lightsaber, everything. I mean, my main question out of this episode is where's Crosshair? Mm-hmm. What's he going to be doing this season? We know he's coming, but it was kind of interesting to not have him in uh, this episode. Other than that, the preview for next week is chock full of other characters. I mentioned Bill Organa. We're going to have Rex. We're going to have Ryo Chuchi. I'm really just pumped to check in with everybody and mm-hmm. see what's going on. I'm also curious what sort of bounty hunter content we're going to get this season. I think... It would be cool to see Fennec again. Mm-hmm. Um, not only just because Ming-Na Wen is a goddess. Yes. Um, but I also think that there are a decent amount of unanswered who was hunting for Omega and why questions from last season. And then one other question I would like answered slash a little bit of a prediction is I've been thinking a lot about the control chips mm-hmm. uh, in the clones. And if more clones are starting to question their orders, is it possible those control chips are organic. So is a possible explanation that they do in fact kind of age and degrade and erode over time because they are living cells. That's true. And especially when they come to terms with the fact that they killed people they loved, Mm -hmm. their commanders, I think it's going to cause a lot of great angst and drama for us, which is what I am totally here for. Please, Star Wars, make us cry. (laughs) That is what we're here it's for. It's Colleen. It's not that hard. Hey, rude, but fair. <laughs> that's fine. I will probably cry at least thrice this season, so we'll have to see. 
Okay, I think that brings us to the end of our Bad Batch coverage for today. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Hit the subscribe button. You can also check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars film and other great Star Wars content. Believe me, it's very fun. Check out all of the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Anders and me on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast, where we talk about many things, including My Hero Academia and Doctor Who. You can find my Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com as well. And of course, join us next time when we will take a look at the next episode of The Bad Batch. We'll be checking in every couple weeks as the story arcs finish up, and Daniel will be back with us as well. Until then, of course, for the love of the Republic, don't wake up the crab monsters. Wrecker. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.